Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So, congratulations are in order. I understand Thank you have you. a major update, having having been shipped to uh, to uh, Widgetsmith. <laughs> I almost said Watchsmith. Yep, Widgetsmith. <laughs> it's fine. How often do you get the names confused? Um, I think it's it, there are there are some contexts where they like autocorrect and things can get a little confusing or or situations like that. But most of the time, I think Widget Smith has become such a like overwhelming part of my life that yeah. it is uh, it, it 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 is it is the one that I am much more likely to accidentally say than than Watch Smith. But you know, they, they certainly have a, a very a very similar name and a very similar similar parentage. Very different results, though. <laughs> yes, very profoundly different results. Anyway, so congratulations on the big update to Widgetsmith. Thanks. Yeah, it's this Widgetsmith 3.0 just went out, um, and it's the thing I've been kind of working towards uh, since the end of last year, probably. But um, and it's it's sort of trying to be a shift in a lot of ways in terms of, un- and honestly, in some ways, it's like taking Widgetsmith seriously and viewing it uh, in a way that I think is more representative of the its actual reality in my portfolio that like we, you and I can joke about how Watchsmith and Widgetsmith and how they're like two things that I work with, but it's like in the actual impact and reach and reality of those apps, they are completely separate and don't make any sense to even sort of talk about next to each other. Um, because Widgetsmith is just, was you know, took off in a way that I never expected and didn't really necessarily even fully understand, but is the, what is the reality. And so this update is the first of, I think, many sort of updates that are going to be focused around pouring a lot more of my sort of consistent effort into Widgetsmith and making it be something that reflects all the opportunities that um, I can put into it. And it's like the first area that it's 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 doing going to do that in is I have added in a weather tool to to, to Widgetsmith that's actually like good and nice. Uh, the, the, they had one when, when I first launched it back, uh, you know, in 2020 and it's, it was, it was awful. It was like this sort of afterthought project I built in like an afternoon at the end of the day. And it, I didn't really expect anyone to use it. And it's like, well, now lots of people are using it and I wanted it to be, to, to be better. And so I'm, I took a lot of the experience and stuff that I have from building weather apps. Like I've built at least two significant weather apps prior to this, but one called Check the Weather and then Watchsmith has substantial um, weather components in it and learned based on those and it's like built out a really cool weather tool that when you tap on a, wid- a weather widget, you know, gets launched into and it's like that that side of things is very much, I think, a question of me understanding that I have all this code, I have all this experience, I have a sort of a good ability to do this and it's like I should take that and like, there's a part of me that was thinking about building a new weather app. Um, but it's like, no, does like, you know, sort of slap my wrist and say, no, no, Dave, there are no new apps. There are just better <laughs> improvements. There are better improvements to Widgetsmith. That's what you have. Like, if you can, if you have some creativity, you have some ideas, you have something you want to do, see if you can make that into making Widgetsmith better, because that's where your leverage is. That's where your point of like, you know, if it make a new app and I have to market it and put it out in the store and I'm trying to get new people to see it. It's like people are already looking at Widgetsmith. That's a place that I can go um, to express these ideas in a way that will have much bigger impact and be much seen by, you know, benefit so many more customers. And so this is the first and it's like I expect to do this with a lot of my existing apps and things that I've built where it's like I 
you know, I have a calendar app and the calendar app in Widget Smith is not very good. The calendar app in Calzones, I think, is really good. It's like maybe those two should be uh, sort of be, be, be coming together. I have a bunch of workout and fitness related dashboard apps and things that I'm doing. And so I want to move those into Widget Smith. And it's like, in some ways, it's a bit funny. And it's, in, it's like the the obvious endpoint in some ways of the like the underscore David Smith approach of the thousand apps um, is ultimately just like creating this Voltron of that's you know, all of the apps coming together into, <laughs> to form this one super app that is an app of apps. Um, but it actually makes sense too. Like it's not just trying to force it, but it's like if you have a calendar widget and you tap on it and I show you an awesome calendar tool, like that seems obvious. It seems good. And it lets me kind of take advantage of um, a lot of these types of opportunities. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think a lot of the factors that would play into that kind of decision have changed in, in recent times. So, you know, first of all, you have, you know, for in your in your particular situation, you know, you have an app that is way more popular than your other apps like for the first time, you know, probably to this degree, probably ever, um, where like, so, you know, the, the math is different for you. Like, you know, it's different if you have like, you know, a few apps and one's kind of big and the other ones are, are okay. You know, that's a different situation than when you have one that's really, really big versus, you know, others that are just normal. Right. And so, you know, you, the math is very different on the, on that, but also, you know, it's, it, I, I think now that we are in the era of everything's free up front and you, you monetize via in-app purchase and usually via subscription in-app purchases that auto renew. Uh, I, I feel like that also changes the calculus. Whereas before, you know, back in the olden days of the app store, um, launching a new app meant that's a chance to get new revenue from, from your existing customer base. Uh, whereas now it's in many ways, it's, it might be easier to get more revenue from your existing customer base by adding features to an existing app that you can then have more people upgrade to a subscription to to get those features that's a very very different calculus and that requires you know first of all that requires subscriptions to be the you know the predominant way that people um monetize their apps in the app store or you know or ads i guess that works the same way um if for this purpose but um i think it also um that requires you to have a very large existing customer base where where like you know otherwise making a new app one of the one of the reasons you'd make a new app would be to expand your customer base. Whereas in this case, you already have a customer base that's so large that you can make a very good living just finding new ways to monetize that customer base further. Yeah. yeah and I think there's this weird tension that I've felt my whole development career about sort of going wide or going deep into a particular project. Like I, you know, I've launched 60 apps or something in the last 13 years and you don't get to 60 apps by... So sort of going deep and really investing into any particular one of them to to a large degree. And I think this is, I think it like, obviously Widget Smith is a weird thing to talk about because it's somewhat of a, it's very unique for an app to kind of take off in this way. And I feel very, you know, I'm very grateful for that, but it happened, but it, it it isn't something that is like this predictable expected behavior. But I think the, the concept of that, of trying lots of things and sort of going wide initially and having casting a wide net, trying to find an audience. And then once you sort of, if anything you have gets that kind of, you know, if finds its home and kind of gets some momentum behind it, then go deep into it, then invest in that in terms of your time, energy, attention. And I think that was something that I neglected early on um, in my career that I somewhat, not like necessarily regret, but I feel like I could have invested more heavily in some of the opportunities I had earlier. If I had a bit more discipline to 
tr- sort of when things had some momentum, really try and get behind that and keep going and push the push, you know, sort of push that momentum as far as it can, rather than just moving on to the next thing and sort of being satisfied with it being reasonable. That that is something that I think is a, a broader lesson that I have that I have, and I'm trying to at least if it is a lesson that is true, then I'm hoping to apply it now that I have something that has momentum because it won't always have momentum. You know, Witcher Smith isn't going to be popular forever. I'm, I'm hopeful that it'll be popular for a while, but it's not going to be forever. And so when I want, it's like now that I have, it's like in the near term, I have this opportunity to really try and invest my time energy into that and make it as sticky and long lived as I can. Um, rather than just sort of saying, Oh, that was great. It's like, it's, it I had a successful app. Now I can go and work on something else. It's like, no, this is going to be my focus. I think, you know, for the foreseeable future. And it's, it, in some ways it works well that it's, you know, widget Smith is by its nature, very multifaceted. So I, I have the opportunity to scratch a lot of the development itches that I have, um, in the process, but it nevertheless, I think is that, that go wide, then go deep sort of mentality, I think is, is it more broadly applicable, um, lesson that I'm taking from this? Yeah. I, I think that, that last bit, that's really um, key to what makes this work or or at some point maybe not work is the kinds of things that you want to add to it have to be able to fit within what the app is. And in this case, as you said, it's it's pretty broad. Like what, what Widgetsmith is for is pretty broad. However, there are still boundaries on it. Like Widgetsmith largely is about displaying information, not processing or inputting information. So like it would not be a good fit if you wanted to build like a video editor into it you know that wouldn't make that wouldn't make a lot of sense right um whereas you know there's lots of things that people want to do and that you might want to make or experiment with uh that are really about displaying information in some way or or you know somehow like drawing inferences from information anything like that would have a pretty good chance of fitting in this app but there's still you know a lot of stuff that would not fit in this app um but I, again, I think that's that's a pretty broad that's a pretty broad canvas that you have available to you here. So uh, I, I think you can you can go in this direction for a pretty long time. And I think the next thing that I think is worth pointing out just about this weather tool is um, another kind of lesson that I drew from this is making sure that you build things that you're actually going to use yourself or that you would use yourself. Because um, I think in retrospect, it's kind of a bad sign, just sort of with a feature where I wasn't using the Widget Smith weather app myself. I was using other weather apps like that's probably not a good sign if I have this thing that ostensibly I've built and you know promoting and think is a you know is, I'm in- encouraging people to pay money to use inside of my app but it's not the one that I'm using and I think that that was something that I I should have sort of picked up on and emphasized more internally that it's like if it's not good enough for me then it shouldn't really be good enough for my customers that um you know if if I'm using other apps that I should be learning from those apps and using those that, you know, that experience to like, why are those better than the one that I have? What can I take from that experience and, and put in here? Um, and just sort of have that in the back of my mind that if it's like, it needs to be, if, if it isn't good enough for me, then it isn't good enough for, for my customers. And it's like, and in this case, it's like, I have the, in weir- the slightly weird situation that is probably worth mentioning is it's like the weather app that I made in, and Widgetsmith is very much um, inspired by Weatherline, which was uh, an app by Ryan Jones at all. He's worked with a variety of developers and designers on it, I think. But it's an app that I, I loved and used for years and uh, was acquired about a year ago and is in the process of being shut down. And it's one of those funny things where there's certainly in the back of my mind, it's like I didn't want to recreate that app. But in, part of me, I wanted to be 
I wanted the benefits that that app gives me, um, that I'm just like, I'm rather than trying to copy it and trying to be inspired from it. And I think that's when we've had whole episodes talking about the difference between, you know, copying and inspiration and things, but that it certainly was something in the back of my mind here that it's like when you're designing something, I feel like there's this natural tendency to sort of, you're, if you're solving a problem, you're trying, often will try and solve it with the best solution you've you've ever seen uh, implemented and you're drawing inspiration from that. And I think that's something that um, I I certainly did here where I'm trying to, there are, there are certain choices that were made in Weatherline that I think were really good. And it's like, they, they sort of define in some ways the, the state of the art and going, trying to actively, there were periods where I was like actively trying to go against that being like, Oh no, I'm going to force this into my own way. And it's like finding, finding that line and being wise about when to try and go your own way versus you know, just for the point of being different or going your own way because you actually have a better solution um, was something that I certainly had to learn and navigate here. But also, I think it was also helpful just as to mention, it's like I also tried to go about this in a, hopefully a very respectful process. Like I reached out to Ryan and talked to him about how he'd feel about something that was reminiscent of, of Weatherline and kind of trying to be respectful of that um, in a way that is hopefully, you know, appropriate and polite, but also, you know, taking your own spin on something and making it your own. Yeah, that's and that's an interesting um, you know situation here. You know, we've talked in the past about taking inspiration from multiple sources, and you know what's you know what's kind of you know good uh, it, good inspiration versus just like you know crappy rip off or copying. And the the situation does change when something beloved goes away. Like that, <laughs> that's it sure. does make it you know a different calculus. Like in this case, Weatherline is a beloved app, a beloved design in particular. And it's it got purchased and it's getting it's getting shut down like I think any minute now right like it's it's sometime very soon um, and so it's April first there you go yeah so very soon it's getting shut down um, and then that's it and and the um, the acquisition seems to have you know turned used that for just some other some other app you know but it would, like that app is going away and so I and I, I know Ryan Jones um, he's he's you know a, a friend and he's provided tons of amazing feedback for overcast over the years and i provided feedback for weatherline to him over the years um and while i you know it's different for him he probably can't say like hey everyone make weatherline because it was his app and he sold it um you know so like there's probably lots of reasons why he would never you know be able to or want to say that but i'll say that i'll say everybody you can make (laughs) you can make weatherline copies and it's probably going to be fine uh, with with anybody involved in it (laughs) again i'm not speaking for him this is not like you know covertly he's told me to say this he hasn't and he i might be making him angry i'm not sure um but i think in this kind of situation where a beloved thing has gone away for reasons where like you know the creator you know it wasn't like a bad thing like you know he he, i'm i'm sure he was you know he went to this deal i'm sure willingly and everything so um I I hereby bless the indie community to rip off Weatherline as much as you want. And if that happens to be wrong down the line, I'll take the heat for that. That's fine. Um, And but if you know, if I was in a position like that, where I sold my app, and you know, suppose I sold Overcast to somebody, and they shut it down, and you know, maybe, suppose it was somebody like Spotify, right? Suppose I sold I sold to Spotify because they want it for like market share or data or whatever. Again, none of this has happened. They've never even approached me. I, I this is not 
<laughs> None of this is happening um, with anybody as far as I'm aware. <laughs> but, you know, if that kind of thing were to happen and the acquirer then like shut down the original thing, but replaced it with either just their existing thing or something that I thought was worse, I would love if somebody cloned my old overcast. <laughs> that way I could use it, <laughs> you know, but if I was yeah. the one who sold it to them, I probably wouldn't be allowed to via some kind of contract or at least, you know, it would look bad, you know, even if there wasn't a contract in place. Um, so. Uh, yeah i hereby bless everyone to copy weatherland as much as you want and if that ends up being wrong i will update you later <laughs> and i'll take the heat for it yeah and i think it's certainly understanding that it's like i'm sure the people involved in weatherline it's like it's going to be mixed feelings right it's like if you make something that's beloved that feeling of making something that's beloved is wonderful and cherished and lovely and in this case it seems like in a very amicable way it it found an ultimate end that wasn't it continuing to be a consumer app forever which it's like is in some ways is is wonderful in its own right that it's great if it can consist on that way but if there's a better opportunity that's better for them then great do that that that's that's wonderful and yeah it's like i i felt in some ways it was there was always in the back of my mind that it's like oh i love making weather apps i've made it many times and it's like it was the best and i'm gonna i think i've improved on it i think i've gone in a direction that is slightly different and takes advantage of some things in swift ui that would have been difficult um previously but it's i mean it's in some ways it's exciting to, to to have the ability to put your own twist on something without feeling like you're stepping on anyone's toes so i was you know it's like it's it's glad but that is certainly something that i wanted to, to mention and talk about we are brought to you this time by hover one of relay fm's longest running sponsors when you have that one big idea where do you go well you probably start by getting a domain name that's how i always start anything any project or business that i want to start up first thing i do as I go to Hover and I search for domain names because I got to get that name in. I got to get a good domain. Hover has over 300 name extensions to choose from. So no matter what you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for it. They also have, I, I got to say, they have amazing search. This is why I search there because, you know, a lot of times the exact thing you want maybe on .com might not be available, but their search is really good at surfacing really great alternatives that are available from all sorts of domains and from, from the big ones too. So they also have excellent technical support to answer any questions you might have as you're getting set up. They are dedicated only to getting you online, not upselling you into weird packages or anything like that. They always give you free who is privacy so spammers don't get your info. They have a clean UI for searching and management and buying and everything. Monthly sales on popular TLDs, so it's easy to see why Hover is the popular choice for people starting businesses. So we know you value good UX things that just work straight out of the box. So we know you'll appreciate Hover. So buy your domain and start using it today at hover.com slash radar. And you'll get a 10% discount on all new purchases. Once again, hover.com slash radar for 10% off all new purchases. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Our thanks to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. Yeah, I mean, it's like the other big thing this update uh, has in it that is something that is just, it's a, completely new thing for me like this is the very much out of like building weather apps 100 percent my comfort zone done it many times love it it's awesome fashion and color design and typography much less my uh, my forte and that's the other sort of side of something that i'm starting to do with this update and you know so this update is the if you've been listening to under the radar you would have i think it was two or three uh, episodes ago we talked about colors and how i was going through this process of designing a new set of colors and going to start launching these kind of seasonal collections into the app to lean into the more aesthetic and theme-based aspects of it and kind of just embrace the fact that that is a big part of what this app is, even if that's not a big part of me and my life. That just like the fact that 
you know, like from a fashion perspective, I wear almost the same thing every single day. Like that's, that, that's what I feel comfortable in. That's what I like. I'm not particularly fashionable or stylish or following trends in that regard. But I'm sure to our audience of programmers, this will be a totally foreign concept. No one has ever heard of anybody like this. Yeah, no. And, but I think in many ways, it's like that point you just said, it's like, that is exactly the thing that I want to talk about is that sense of, it was really interesting and like a helpful growing experience for me to look at a feature like that. And rather than just saying like, well, that's not me, so I'm not going to go there. It's like to have the humility to be open to learn about it and understand that that's just an opportunity for me to learn and to grow in and be, it's like, rather than feeling like I have to be an expert at everything I do, I can be a novice and I can sort of just sort of humbly come into design and fashion and be like, okay, what are the basics? What, what, what could I understand here knowing that I'm not going to be an expert, knowing that this isn't something that I expect to have at the level of like being a programmer, which is something I've been professionally doing for 22 years. It's like, that's going to be difficult to get to that level very quickly, but that I could, I could come in and be, as long as I have an openness sort of mind to learn that I could, could get somewhere with that and feel um, like I'm getting somewhere and doing a reasonable job. And I think so far that experience has been positive and I feel good and like, some some way refreshed by the experience and it's something that i'm glad that i expect now every three months i'm kind of committing to myself or to my customers that this is something i'm going to do like be launching a new says you know set of themes and looks um for you know for, for for the app and it was interesting i think both in terms of the actual process technically like that color episode that we did a couple ago was just really interesting i think there's some really cool technical problems and ways that i can view a problem that someone who is potentially more traditionally in the fashion industry would solve in a different way. That when they're looking at colors to complement each other, there's a certain more intuition and feel that they have for that. Or the way that they might do that is by sitting there with color swatches and be, you know, thumbing through books and holding them up next to each other to see how they go. And I'm doing it computationally and algorithmically. And like, that's kind of cool that we have different approaches, but can end up with results that are are both pretty cool. Um, and I think also it's, 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 it's just really interesting to try and let go of preconceived notions that you, you may have that I think I very much before I went into this had a perspective in some ways where I'd like, not necessarily like, I mean, there's a slight snobbiness to it, but sort of that looking down on fashion as arbitrary and made up that it's like, it's like, how could someone De- declare that this is the you know these are the co- these are the new colors for the season and so they're somehow like predicting the future whereas the more i get into it is this more of this understanding that that isn't that may be in some ways the words that you're using but much more of what you're doing is you're saying every so often we need to refresh this look we need to have a turnover and that's in fashion it's because they need to sell more clothes and, and in this case it's like because i'm trying to create something fresh and new and it isn't that this is actually like these are the magic colors for the moment. It's like, here's a new set of colors that I think look good and feel appropriate for right now. And I could have, if I'd started with a new set, you know, a different set of sort of seeds in this, I could have ended up with a completely different set of six colors themes with different, you know, with different looks. And that would have been equally valid, 
but and just as useful for this purpose. And it's like the fact that that's somewhat feels arbitrary and there's like the programming part of me, my brain rebels against it and says like, well, that's arbitrary. It doesn't mean that means it doesn't matter. It's like, well, just because it's arbitrary doesn't mean that it can't matter. Um, and so that was certainly a personal growth thing for me to kind of go through and to feel that sense of just because I don't fully understand this or this isn't my isn't my area of expertise doesn't mean I can't learn here and, and grow. And so I'm very thankful for having gone through that process and like, who would have, who would have thought, you know, in, in three months, I'll be looking forward to launching my summer collection. And this is like just who I am now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's, you know, looking at something like fashion, I, I think it's, it's very healthy to realize that as developers, we, I mean, as people, we don't understand everything in the world and we never can and we never will. Um, there are reasons that people have for making the choices they make. And to us, you know, if we think very logically about things normally, things that are based more on, you know, personal preference or intuition or, you know, style, that's harder for, for logical reasoning to appreciate. And so we might think, oh, this, the reason why people do this is, is somehow inferior or invalid or, or it's arbitrary, but it's not. We just don't understand it as much as, you know, as they might. And so it's important to appreciate that for what it is and, and to realize, okay, well, if there's going to be the system that we can't understand or that we don't yet understand or, or you know, maybe just are unwilling to understand, <laughs> if there's going to be the system that influences people's decisions in, in big ways – we need to respect it, even if we don't understand it. And we need to find ways, maybe, you know, bringing in help from people who do understand it or developing the skill ourselves to start to understand it, whatever that whatever that form that has to take. The, these are real forces out there that that do influence a lot of people's decisions. And that's a, that's an important part of business. And in the same way that, like, it's important for us to understand things like pricing and where our customers come from like it's also important for us to understand things like why people choose or don't choose our apps or our our offerings and if fashion is going to be one of those things we have to understand it on some level and we definitely have to respect it yeah i think that expertise and understanding where you don't have an appreciation or an understanding of something and understanding that that there are people who do and being respectful of that expertise is something that I think this experience was certainly a, a strong reminder for me of where both in terms of with the color things, like I think I talked in that color episode about um, uh, the friend of mine who that's what she does is she's a, a, a sort of a textile color designer. That's what she does. And it was really interesting and helpful for me to talk through someone with someone, how this works and why they do it the way they do it and what that process looks like. And that fills in some gaps for me and helps me to have a deeper respect of this. And it's in the same way too, like even it's like you're, you're, you're one of my experts with type design, like in this app, uh, this update, I also updated, uh, I included a couple of new fonts and it's like, I sort of get a lot of the, the, the choices and rules with fonts, but there are a few times where you reached where like I was doing things with small caps that I just should not have been doing. And at the time I thought it looked cool. And in retrospect, I, you were absolutely right. And I was doing the wrong thing and going in a direction that I shouldn't. And it's like being humble enough to, respect when you know someone with more expertise in something than you says hey maybe go in this other direction to be like 
okay, let me try that. Let me not let me not get too stuck in my own way and be open to the fact that, you know, expertise comes with benefit. And so I was like, Hey, thank you for helping me through some of my font choices where I was going through some awkward, uh, it's, it's like, you know, as with many things in fashion, I'm sure there's, you know, there's an awkward period and I was working my way through it. Um, but also just, I think in general, <laughs> my entire life is an awkward period. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Um, but I think in this case, it's just, yeah, it's like being open to expertise and seeking it out. If you find yourself in a place that you don't understand something fully, but you have a sense of like, huh, this isn't quite right. And you're not sure why it's not right. Or those kind of questions, like find someone who, who does either personally or directly, or just seek that out in terms of there's a world of blog posts and articles and medium posts that I'm sure can walk you through any top, any topic you want, at least to improve your, your understanding, or at least ask help you to know what questions to ask, even if you don't know what the answers are um, initially. Yeah. And, you know, definitely try to expose yourself to as much feedback in areas that you don't understand as possible. Um, And also realize that like, it's, this is not some magical thing that is not understandable that, you know, you, if you want to develop these skills, you probably can, or at least you can get some, some headway there, you know, to, read some books read some articles on the web about things like color theory and and you know matching clothes and stuff like that like there are ways to learn this stuff just because you 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 know if you start from a place where you where you don't understand some some major area of design or fashion or style or something that doesn't mean you can't ever learn it it just means right now you don't know it but you know think about like when when you first learned how to program it was pretty hard and you don't understand most of it but you you did it for a while and then you learned it <laughs> like that's how yeah. that works and so these these things are learnable um if you put in a little bit of effort yeah and the benefit is wonderful because it, 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 it i very rarely regret learning something new is the reality that it's, it becomes another tool in your toolbox you never know when it's going to come in handy and that's just one of those things that trying to sort of have you have being humble enough in your own self to be able to admit that you're a novice and want to learn is just a great starting point for anything yeah, because everyone started from zero at some point, and you, you know you can learn the same way everyone else did. Anyway, congratulations on the release. I hope I hope Thank it's you. received very well from everybody, and I hope it does well for you. And uh, yeah, what are you going to do now? I don't know. I'm just trying to work out right now. Is which it's like what other what other thing that I've made in the past? Am I going to smush into Widget Smith somehow? So <laughs> it's like maybe maybe it's like maybe it's going to be calendars next. Stay tuned. Yeah, maybe first like take a weekend off. Sure. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.